Hi everyone and welcome to our latest episode of Risk and Regulation Rundown, giving you our latest insight and analysis on hot topics in financial services risk and regulation. I'm Andrew Strange and I lead PwC's Financial Services Regulatory Insights team and I'm your usual host. In this month's episode, ESG is the prime topic for our agenda. In particular, we're actually going to talk about the E of ESG. With an increase in activity from the government and regulators, both in the UK and internationally, there's a lot for financial services firms to be thinking about in the months and years ahead. But it's not only financial services firms that are impacted by these changes. And in this episode, we're going to take a look at what the E of ESG means for corporates and the wider economy, as well as financial services firms, and discuss the steps that they should be taking to embrace this agenda. I'm delighted to be joined by two esteemed guests as usual. We have Lynn Baber, a partner leading PwC's UK sustainability practice, and Lucas Penfold, a senior manager in the regulatory insights team who leads on ESG regulatory insights. So welcome to you both. Hello. Hi, Andrew. So Lucas, to start, ESG, especially the environmental aspects of it, has got a lot of attention across the global economy and from a financial services perspective. And I know it's something we often see at the top of our clients' priority lists. So as I said at the start, in, in recent months, we've seen a real flurry of regulatory activity relating to sustainability here in the UK and actually internationally as well. Before we dive into the detail of what this means for financial services firms and the economy more broadly, can you give us a bit of a scene setter on where the UK is when it comes to sustainability regulation? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, and thanks for, for having me on. Good to, good to be here. Um, yeah, I think, I think a flurry of uh, sustainability regulatory activity is a good good phrase for it. Um, we've seen quite a lot come out from from the regulators in recent months, and actually, it's it a fairly sort of quiet spell um, in the in the sort of year running up to to that. Actually, um, I think back to um, COP twenty six last uh, November in twenty twenty one. The UK published its UK uh, Sustainable Investment Roadmap, which um, set out a, a bit of a flavour of essentially what what the uk regulatory framework in this area is likely to shape up to to be we had a bit of a quiet spell but we're now beginning to see the regulators um come forward with more developed thinking on some of the initiatives that were floated in that in that roadmap um so you know for, for example the uk uh transition plan task force has published some some recommendations on a on a sector neutral uh framework for transition plan disclosure um, we've got the GTAG, so the Green Technical Advisory Group, um, that's also put out its own advice on the principles for, for a UK green taxonomy, um, which has the potential to be really significant for the, for the UK market. Um, and, and more recently, something a little bit more, more concrete, actually, the FCA published some proposals in, in October um, on sustainability disclosure requirements for asset managers, um, and slightly broader in their application, although largely they're focused on the asset management sector. So, so lot, lots going on, um, and, and I think we've now got a, a much clearer sense of how the regulatory framework is is shaping up. But um, but we know there's also a lot more to come down the track in in months months ahead. Yeah, thank you. And certainly, if if you look at the the agenda we've seen through the Edinburgh reforms coming out of Treasury, and um, you know, from our conversations with regulators, we know, as you say, there's a huge amount more to be coming over, over coming years. Um, I mean, let, let's pick on on one of those areas that you've just uh, discussed in a little bit more detail. So, I, I know in the UK, there's been a lot of focus on the UK SDRs. C can you speak a bit more about this, uh, and what have we seen so far on on this piece of, of regulation? Yeah, so the, the, the UK sustainability disclosure 
requirements is going to be a, an economy-wide framework for sustainability disclosures, so something that applies to, to corporates, but also across the, the financial sector as well. Um, really building on the mandatory TCFD framework that we have in place in, here in the, in the UK, um, but broadening that out to look at a, a wider range of sustainability issues just beyond beyond just just climate. Um, so, so what what the FCA has proposed here is essentially how the SDRs would apply to asset managers. To an extent, they're looking at um, distributors a bit further down the investment chain as well. Um, although the FCA does have plans to extend its proposals to, to other firms, and there are going to be further consultations coming on that. Um, I think there are sort of three key bits to um, uh, the proposals that the FCA put forward. So the, the first is, as the title of the regulation suggests, focusing on some of the disclosures and reporting that asset managers are going to need to put out um, to uh, investors in, in their uh, investment products. Um, and these are a mixture of obligations that apply at a, an entity level, but also at a specific product level. You've got a labeling framework um, that the FCA is setting out. Um, so that's something that's covering different types of uh, sustainable investment products um, that, that are out there in the market um, and would form the basis of um, you know, essentially how you market your, your products to, to consumers. Um, and then there's a, a, a separate um, concept that the FCA proposes, essentially a sort of an anti-greenwashing rule, which is slightly separate to the SDR framework, albeit they still included that within the package of proposals that they put forward in this particular consultation. Um, and that, that's a, a sort of a, a, a fairly broad principle applying actually to a, a wide range of firms, all FCA regulated financial services firms around um, really trying to get a handle on managing potential greenwashing risk that, that might arise um, in the context of any products and services that you're um, offering to, to consumers. Um, so it's a, it's a sort of broad principle that, 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 that applies that firms will need to get a, a handle on. Um, so those are the sort of three, three key bits to the, to the proposals. Um, so quite, quite a lot in there. Um, and, you know, certainly from speaking to, to our clients, we know, um, you know, there's, there's quite a bit to unpack and firms are busy um, trying to get on the front foot in, in responding to some of this. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, and that greenwashing point, I think, is really important because I think you know the focus of that consultation, as you say, was asset managers, but the greenwashing was well, all, all firms, all regulated firms, so a much wider application there that I'm sure some of our listeners will be glad you highlighted for them. So what, though, are your main observations so far since it's been introduced? Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot within that, but I think for, for me, the, the sort of key observation um, on on, on the SDR proposals, um, it, it, something that relates to the label actually. Um, and that's that the FCA is setting a, a pretty high bar for a product to, to qualify for, for one of the labels that they put, they put forward. Um, essentially, all of those products would need to have a sustainability objective baked into, into the mandate of the product. So we might see quite a lot of product out there in the market, they're currently positioning themselves as having a pretty strong material sustainability focus that actually aren't going to be able to make use of one of the FCA's labels going forward. Um, and I think, you know, if you take what, what that means in practice under the FCA's proposals, it, it would essentially mean that those products wouldn't be able to reference ESG terms in product names or any of the marketing material that they push out in relation to that product. And I think that, you know, I think you mentioned, Andrew, some of the, the sort of linkages with what we're seeing come out of the EU, in particular SFDR. 
which is obviously a big, 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 big bit of regulation that's shaping the market in this area. Um, if you take one of the concepts there, so you, you have a, a, an Article 8 product under SFDR, which you know, clearly is something that um, is, is a type of product that, that, that is positioned as having a, a fairly strong ESG focus. But under the, under the FCA rules, if a product is caught by SFDR and the UK SDR regime, you might find that that product would, would have to essentially sort of level up to align with one of the FCA's labels. On the face of it, fine, that sounds fairly straightforward, but that could have some pretty significant implications for, for the types of assets that those products in, invest in. So, so I think that's certainly something that um, a lot of our listeners will be, will be trying to get their heads around as they work through the, the detail of the consultation. Um, I think yeah, another observation I would have relates to one of the other labels, so the sustainable improvers label. So, so this is all about investing in assets that will become more sustainable over time. So it's the concept of sort of transition finance. And I think with that label, firms are going to have to be really careful in how they apply that um, to, to their products, um, because potentially there, there could be some greenwashing risk that, that comes with using the label um, it, itself. If you, you take the concept of improvement, you know, I think there's a, a risk that the net of assets that could potentially be invested in through a product that uses that label could, could be really, really wide. And, and maybe actually those, those assets don't realize improvement for, for a number of years. So I think firms are going to have to be really careful that, you know, they're setting very clear, measurable KPIs that have a reasonable um, time frame around achieving those improvements of the sustainability profile of those assets, um, and which are really clearly articulated in any product disclosures that, that are put out to to consumers, um, because otherwise, I think there's a there's a real risk that that consumers could get quite confused by that. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, that was really interesting, really helpful. So, Lynn, can can I turn to you? The sustainable finance regulatory agenda is partly about using the financial sector to support the transition to a more sustainable economy. So, there are clearly some impacts on the real economy, which is uh, you know, it, it's interesting. We we work in regulation a lot, and actually, uh, it, it's there are occasions when sometimes you forget there's a whole real economy being supported by stuff. So this feels very much more tangible. Um, Lynn, so how is this impacting corporates and what have you been hearing from clients in this space? Yeah, thank you, Andrew. I mean, it really is impacting corporates um, at, and in a number of ways. Um, but of course, we do like to do things in threes uh, here. So let me think about the, the kind of three key ways. I think, you know, two are indirect, um, but one is very much a direct impact. So firstly, I mean, the, the regulations applicable to FS firms you know, they require them to gather a large amount of data on the ESG credentials of companies they're exposed to. You know, so for example, an asset manager will need data on companies they're investing in. And so we're seeing lots of asset managers, lots of private equity firms really lean more heavily on corporates to provide them with the, the ESG data that they need to then go on and fulfill their own regulatory ob obligations. I think the second impact and actually really important to our clients and, and corporate organizations out there is, is the impact that the uh, FS ESG regulations are having in actually shaping the ability of a corporate to access finance. So we're, we're seeing this with the EU SFDR. So where Article 8 and 9 product classifications are shaping asset managers' investment decisions from an ESG perspective. 
So I'm certainly seeing you know, a lot of corporate clients doing um, work to align themselves with those product classifications to make sure that they remain investable based on their ESG credentials. And you know, I'm sure we're going to see more of this with the FCA's ESG labels and other similar initiatives globally. And finally, my number three, my third point, you know, there are a number of really important sustainability reporting regulations that apply directly to corporates. You know, mandatory climate-related uh, financial disclosure reporting, TCFD, uh, for UK companies is part of this. But corporates are now becoming increasingly focused on the EU uh, Sustainability Reporting Directive, CSRD, which is applying a range of non-EU companies um, and seeks to put sustainability reporting on the same footing as financial reporting. So these regulations applicable to corporates will hopefully drive improved sustainability reporting and better data for financial services firms too. Thank you, Lynn. And if I, if I put my asset manager hat on for a second, it, it's interesting when you think about just, I mean, you talk about the data there from corporates and I, I've already been thinking about, you know, the data that asset managers have been struggling to get in terms of product distribution and then the data they need for consumer duty. It's almost like they, they do, there's, there's more data going on there than there is asset management sometimes, I feel. So I feel for them all very much. Um, so, I mean, having already started putting my, myself in the shoes of a firm there, how should firms be, be preparing to embrace this agenda? I mean, clearly the focus on sustainability is going to, to continue. So what, what's, what's thinking long-term here? What, you know, what's the long-term picture? Um, maybe sort of broader than financial services. What, what should clients be thinking about in order to try and set them up for success? Well, I mean, it's no doubt that the ESG regulatory landscape is incredibly complex. Um, and actually, I think we're going to have a period of time of even more complexity before we start to see kind of the greater convergence that, that we all want. And so during this time, I think it, it's important for firms to adopt a strategic approach to how they're implementing this regulation. So you know, identifying the overlaps between different initiatives and having an approach that is flexible enough to meet the requirements of new regulations as they arise. And I do really feel that the real winners here are going to be those that approach these regulations with a real kind of value creation mindset. You know, it's much more than a pure compliance exercise. It's about using regulation as a lever for looking at your end-to-end -end sustainability approach, you know, embedding sustainability across your risk management uh, in relation to innovation products and really using this to drive value creation for your business and then into wider society as well. Thank you, then. That's great. And, and Lucas, if we then zero in on financial services firms, what should they be thinking about it? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. I mean, you know, as I, I suppose earlier, I was, I was touching on the SDR proposals and product labels, but you know, they, those are, albeit very important, they are one aspect of a much bigger regulatory agenda on sustainable finance. So. You know, in the in the UK, we've got various mandatory TCFD regimes, which I think Lynn, Lynn mentioned. Um, you know, we're expecting the UK green taxonomy. We've got the corporate SDR regime, which are going to draw on the ISSB standards. So there's so much complexity going on there, and I think you know that already is on top of the busy EU agenda. So things like SFDR, EU taxonomy, CSRD. So you know, there's a, there's a there's a lot here. So I think you know. A lot of those regulations are having very similar impacts on 
on businesses, both in terms of the, the types of requirements that they need to meet, but also the, the business impacts across the, the organizational structure. So, so I, think, I think that really just reinforces the points that, that Lynn has already made about, you know, being strategic about how you're thinking about regulation, really thinking through what the impacts of those regulations are, identifying some of those overlaps and, and, um, and, and, and using this to, as, a, as, a, as a bigger opportunity. Uh, you know, it, it goes beyond the compliance exercise, as Lynn said. So, so yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of the, the, the same themes and concepts apply in the, in the financial services sector as well. Thank you. So, uh, I mean, there's already quite a lot for firms to be taking in here and responding to and engaging with, and, and some of these are obviously live consultations, but just to upset people even more, what, what more should we be expecting from policymakers and regulators and standard setters in 2023? Yeah, so um, so so there is a lot. You're you're right. Um, I think if I so if I think about um, what what's going to be coming down the track, you've got um, obviously the, the FTA's work on SDRs. That's going to get finalised. They're looking to um, publish final rules by by mid 2023, um, and that will then kick off the implementation of those rules for asset managers. Um, so, you know, essentially there'll be a lot of work for firms to engage with those final rules and, and, and really start to embed the changes across their, their business. Um, uh, I think I, I, I alluded to this earlier, the FTA is also um, going to be consulting on uh, extending the SDRs to, to other types of firms. So it's going to be looking at asset owners, so life insurers, regulated pension providers, um, but also uh, looking at how um, the SDR uh, proposals would apply to overseas funds that are selling into the UK at the moment. The proposals are very much geared towards UK-based asset managers. So I think there is a, an overseas element to, to this as well um, that's going to be consulted on. Um, and then the FCA is also on, on SDR is going to be looking at the role of financial advisors and, and how uh, ESG regulation might, might apply to them. Um, we've seen a similar uh, focus on financial advisors in in uh, in the EU through some of the changes that have been made to, to MIFID II, for example. So I think we're expecting the the FCA to be um, looking at similar things here in the in the UK market. Um, and then probably the last one I I I'd call out would be the um, uh, some some of the it was flagged actually in the Chancellor's uh, Edinburgh reforms um, you know earlier early earlier in December, um, which will be um, a, a greater focus on the regulation of ESG data and rating providers. Um, so that was something that um, we know has been um, uh, sort of in the minds of regulators over the past year or so. Um, but, but, but what the, the Chancellor set out as part of that package would be a, that, that there'll be a, con a formal consultation in Q1 2023, um, looking at bringing those types of firms into the regulatory perimeter. So that's going to be a really important step in developing that that broader ESG ecosystem in in the UK because clearly data ratings agencies in, in the ESG space space are playing a really important role in in, in that ecosystem. So, um, you know, I think I think you know it, it's an important area for regulators to be focusing on. And and Lucas, actually, if I uh, build on that, I mean, I think the the ratings piece is so important. It's kind of number one topic I'm having at the moment with corporates um, is just trying to understand actually how they do what they do. Um, so I think it would be very welcomed. I think just building on it from an international uh, perspective, if I can, Andrew. So uh, I think early uh, in uh, 2023, we do expect the International Sustainability Standards Board to finalise their first two standards. 
Um, and so that will then provide you know, a real trigger for the UK to consider how to incorporate them into formal regulation. Um, and will really provide the backbone of the SDR regime for corporates um, and reflect the uh, transition plan task force output on transition plans. And of course, bringing it right back home to the UK, I think we will hopefully see some developments on the UK green taxonomy. So the, the GTAG has issued its first piece of advice, but we are still yet to see any updates from the government on the extent to which that is going to be taken forward. But this has the potential to be a, another significant piece of regulation introducing reco reporting requirements, but also underpinning other areas of ESG regulation, such as SDRs. Thanks, Lynn. Yeah, and I think the international aspect of this is really important. Clearly, uh, firms are, are having to deal with multiple regimes and, and international standards are, are, are going to be crucial to this too. So before we leave, Lynn, Lucas, as we look across the future of 2023, what's the, the one prediction, nothing, nothing too exciting, but a prediction or one thing to think about or look out for or a thought you want to leave with our listeners for today? Um, and Lynn, you can go first. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. I um, I think for me, actually, an interesting one I'm having conversations with, and I think we'll hear more about next year, is the interconnectivity of the E, you know, environment and S in relation to the social, and in particular, um, more focus on the just transition. Um, it would be remiss of me not to uh, mention nature, just given uh, COP15 uh, during December. Um, but as I was only allowed one, I'll stick with just transition. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that biodiversity point, Lynn. Um, that's going to be my point as well, actually. Um, so, you know, I think there's a, a, a big agenda clearly around nature and biodiversity. We're in the middle of COP15, which is, is focused on this. Um, and I think that's going to be a theme that that regulators increasingly focus on. Um, it's cropping up in places already um, in in some regulations, but I think I think there's 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 more to come in that space. Thank you both. That, that that's been really interesting. Uh, I actually think the first ever podcast I I hosted on the risk and regulation rundown series was actually around the S of ESG. So we've only got one more one more letter to go, and then I can I think gracefully retire. Um, to our listeners, I hope you've also enjoyed this and thank you very much for listening. As always, please do subscribe to future episodes and rate and review this series as it helps other listeners to find us. If you'd like to hear more from us on risk and regulation, please look out for our regular publications on our website where you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter on regulatory developments. Thank you.